on. Woo! What power we have now. Amen. Woo! Let's kick her in, son, down the back stretch. Amen. But um, what was I talking about, Friday? You may have to help me. You better pay close attention to me. Brother Doug, I'll be preaching, and I don't use notes very much, never have much, and I used to have a good enough mind, but um, you may have to help me mind where I was. I have a typewriter brain. It comes and goes. Yeah, typewriter, the old typewriter. Nobody used that no more. We all got iPads and MacBooks or whatever. But we used to use the old typewriter. That's what my brain does. Pork chops. Chicken. Preaching. Kind of does that, you know. But I want to, I want to thank you. I was just saying, I, I think in America, we believe right, Brother Tate. You believe right. And I've heard a lot about you. Never met you today. I've heard you preach. Enjoyed your preaching. Brother Sonny, Brother Sonny Wall and some other friends of yours are friends of mine. Uh, you got a blessing here. And don't take for granted what God's giving you in our day. The reason I was just said that real quick before I get started, and uh, I won't promise you I'll be... I won't be long. I, I try not to be real long, but I've got something I need to say, and it's important. That's why I'm over here today, and I want to help you and, and, and help this cause the Lord's calling me in. But we believe right a lot of places, but I hate to tell you, church, people come into the service, and I'm just being honest. It, it's half dead. I mean, it's almost like you're singing with emotions. Y'all were singing with emotions. And y'all sang music like we need to sing. I, I, y'all miss one I wish you'd have sang next time do I never shy I like them old kind of songs Amen. greatest friend I ever man okay we gotta shut up yeah, we gotta go I mean I ain't real hungry you're in trouble cause I stopped at Waffle House and ate two plates of food so uh, if, when I get when I preach short I'm, I'm hungry and I'm people's waving pork chops at me or whatever but anyway we gotta cover a lot of ground so let's do this uh, turning your Bibles to uh I'm not sure where yet. I study and I prepare. I've preached almost 7,000 times, by the way, preacher. Thank you. Appreciate it. Pour that on my head when I'm sweating in a minute. I mean, I've almost preached that 7,000 times in 52 years, 51 years. But I always get nervous. Young preachers say, do you ever get nervous? Sure I do. Matter of fact, I'll make this statement. He'll agree with me. But if you don't, I still believe it. The day a man... He's fixing to open the living Word of God and represent God, and he doesn't get nervous a little. Amen. Something's wrong with him. Because, right. see, they're playing ball games today that mean nothing right now in eternity. See, they're playing soccer. Where I live at night is driving me crazy. I've fought it for 10 years in Barrow County. They're playing soft soccer games at 11 o'clock Sunday mornings. 11 o'clock Sunday mornings. Jamie, good to see you. You don't know, you don't know the blessing here probably, but we started our church in 1998. Brother Charlie Pendon was my best friend at Berean Baptist. I mean, I really mean that. So you got something to say bad about him, you better not say it to me. I'm too old to fight. I'll just shoot you or something, okay? <laughs> I mean, that, that's how it happens, okay? And I pulled up the rail out the other day and I did something a little crazy driving. The guy said, you can go to you know where? And I said, I can't go there. And our windows were rolled down. He looked at me really weird and said, I can't go there. And he didn't know what to say. He kind of finally said, why can't you go there? I said, because Jesus took care of me. Amen. Well, he said, go somewhere else then. 
Brother Jamie and them came over, preacher, the day we started our church, and they knocked on doors of 25 people from Berean Baptist, helped us out. We got started 25 years ago, 26 this July, and God's been good. We pastored there 22 years. I was the founding pastor. We started a brand new meeting in a school. Then we met in another school. Then we met in the Seventh-day Adventist Church because they have church on Saturdays. They don't know what day to have church on. So we rented the building from them on Sundays. And God just blew our socks off. Our 10th anniversary, preacher, it blew my socks off. Our 10th anniversary, we had over 700 people there. We had 42 people saved. 10th anniversary. Not, not me, God. Because The thing about people like me, when he does things with me, He's living proof to you he can use anybody. So I'm not talented. I can't sing. I can't play. I love to sing, but you don't want to hear me sing when I sing my dog's howl in the yard or whatever. Now let's get, let's get some ground covered. Luke 5. Luke 5. I wrestled <coughs> since Thursday. I've got a number of passages that I use. I'm, I'm kind of here to present our ministry so I preach and present in one thing I, I tried to do them separate but it, it took too long last time I tried that it was an hour and five minutes and my own friend said that was too long Ed that was too long and I said that's cause y'all sissies Johnny y'all sissies my generation didn't care how long it was somebody say amen right there you better say amen and smile if you don't say amen and smile I think I ain't getting to where we'll be here till 2.30 and I ain't got nowhere to preach tonight. I'm going to trouble and I ain't preaching, so don't, you, you better just, if you're not even enjoying it, act like you are. <laughs> I mean, just kind of when your wife cooked something that ain't really good, and if you're married very long, you know not to do what we did when we were young. Say stupid things like, man, my mama, where are you sleeping at tonight? <laughs> that couch pretty good. Luke 5. And what I'm going to do to save us time, I'm going to tell you the story, and then I'm going to tie in what God has done in my heart the last couple of years. I've got to give you my testimony a little. I got saved in 1972, uh, January 25th, been saved 51 years. I was called to preach a year later in 1973. I told you I'm old. I started Bible college in 1974. I became pastor in 1978. I pastored that church for almost 18 years in Jacksonville, Florida, where I'm from. Then I came up to Georgia because God just moved me. He just said, you know, you, you, Brother, Brother Tate, you understand. God just said, that's it. Now, I've been a good ministry. That's it. Let's go next. Went to Georgia, didn't know what I was going to do. I was going to take a church, had some churches offer me churches, and I went and preached and candidated a few times. Can I, can I use a chair here every now and then? Will you, have, will you put that chair right here for me, please? What I have to do, I have to pace myself. If I get to preaching real hard, I have to, if I pass out, I've got, I've, got a, I've, got a, uh, I've got a heart inverter inside of me, and I've got on my phone over there, there's a blue thing. If I pass out, just push that blue thing and say, send message. It'll shock the fool out of me, and they'll try to get to me, amen? If I don't wake up, just go ahead and finish preaching, Tate. You're ready, I'm sure, amen? And then call the funeral home afterwards, amen? But don't be fooled by this chair, because you can just preach. 
Don't he say, oh, he's going to be a sissy. No, no, we're going to shut it down by Scott. But I got to tell you a bunch to save time real quick. That was my testimony. Then we started the church in 1998. And we pastored it for 22 years. God really blessed us. Got a beautiful complex there. The Lord gave us. It's, they were, they were, were thinking about settling and relocating to Barrow County a little bit here or there. And they appraised it almost $5 million. The appraisal was $4.72 million. That shocked me when Brother Jesse told me that. I said, wow, we started with nothing. Praise God. Let's just sell it and j- jump down. Amen. <laughs> I mean, hey. Let's go to Hawaii or something somewhere or whatever. Start a church in Honolulu suffering for Jesus. Amen. Honolulu. I got to shut up, Ed. You're goofing off too much. So we started the church, pastored 22 years. The Lord, um, I went through a bunch of physical problems. I won't go through it all. Congestive heart failure, colon cancer. They cut out 22 inches of my colon, blood clot in my lungs four times. Uh, Got bit by a tick. And got spotty, how do you say it? Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever. Yes, sir. Don't ever have that. If you see a tick, you better take him off quickly. You're not a dog. You're a human. Amen? I mean, I'm a bulldog. I'm for the bull. How many of y'all like bulldogs? Yeah, we don't say, and I'm in Athens area. We don't say amen. We say woof, woof. Amen? <laughs> Jesus says, yeah! Anyway, I went to Brother Jesse Bragg and I said, it's time, you know, I, I physically was doing terrible. Couldn't even preach more than 20, 25 minutes, really. He's, he agreed to take it over. I stayed and helped him a couple years and I know what I was going to do. And then they put this inverter, this inverter in two years ago and it really changed my life. I'm really doing a good bit better. Uh, I'm not doing normal, which I've never been normal uh, I'm, you know, I went to the doctor and had a brain scan done two years ago. And Dr. Garrett came back in. He said, I got good news and bad news. I said, okay. He's, he's a Southern Baptist deacon. I've known him for years. He says, I uh, got good news and bad news, preacher. I said, what's that? He said, the good news is we didn't find nothing. I said, amen. What's the bad news? He said, we didn't find nothing. <laughs> I said, hey, man, I've been loose-brained all my life. Amen. Ain't nothing wrong with me. You know what I mean? Anyway, y'all too comfortable. I'm too. I'm, I'm wasting too much time being funny. Got to get down to what God called me to do. Um, it's going to go into evangelism. I thought about evangelizing some. I know preachers all over Florida and Georgia and South Carolina, Alabama, and I've been preaching 50, 45 years. Anyway, I went out west on vacation to Montana and Wyoming. Had a great time. It's gorgeous. If you've never been, you got to go. Uh, I'm tired of running to the beach. Y'all run to the beach. I'm going to Wyoming. It's just so much prettier and better to me. But anyway, I met a couple of pastors, and they began to talk. Now, now by the way, church, every place is not like the South. I mean, how many churches, good churches, are 30 minutes from here? It's not that way out there. There's towns with 20,000 people or more that doesn't have a single gospel preaching Baptist church. Independent, Southern, free will, whatever. Some of them none. They quit. They, they, they start churches and they don't make it. 85% of them that start churches in Wyoming, Montana, and the two Dakotas, 85% of them don't make it three years. And that began to bother me, Brother Tate. 
And one of the pastors took me out to pizza. I do all stuff around food. I'll tell you a story about the cafe in a minute. Or Waffle House. How many of y'all like Waffle House? You don't, how many of y'all don't like Waffle House? You need to get saved. <laughs> We're going to pray for your salvation. Say it, say amen. <laughs> Waffle House started in 1955. I was born in 55. It was meant for me from the beginning to live at Waffle House. <laughs> Waffle House was my calling from day one. These two guys love it. They ain't got to have a menu. They go in there and just don't even need a menu. Anyway, I didn't know what to do, Brother Tate. And, and, and he, t- he said something to me, Brother Tate. And this is when God began to really turn and, and lead this direction. He said to me, you've got a lot to offer these guys, Brother Ed. And I said, what do I have to offer? He said, you've pastored 43 years. I know both churches, great churches. You love preachers. I said, what can I do? He said, you can call them. You can encourage them. You can send them books. You can come to see them sometimes. He said, they're quitting, Brother Ed. They start, they go two or three years, and they quit. Let me, let me tell you numbers that will blow your mind. Now, I'm, I was thinking about this today, Brother Tate. There are more independent Baptist churches. Now, I'm not exaggerating. You listen to this statement. There are more independent Baptist churches in the Augusta area than there is. Now, listen to me closely. In the whole state of Wyoming and the state of Montana, two whole states have less churches than the Augusta Richmond area does. That's how big the need is. It's not easy at all. Nowhere is easy. But the Lord's allowed us to build two churches in the South. They don't go to church out there. They're good people, they're warm people, they're cowboys. They're Westerners. They're tough physically. They work hard long days. But they've never gone to church. Never been raised to go to church. They didn't have any around worth going to. Catholics and Lutherans. You want to get up and go to that? So God began to burden my heart, Brother Tate. And I came back home and I went back out there on purpose. About seven days and I met six more pastors. And I began to see the hunger See, they have no fellowship here. See, you, you can go to camp meetings next week and the next week and the next week. They can't. Where does a, where does a, where does a pastor in Casper, Wyoming go to a camp meeting at? There's not anywhere to go. They don't have what we have. So they get discouraged. All of them have to work full-time jobs, almost every one of them. There's probably no full-time pastors out there. That's what set the stage for what God started with me. I started a ministry. I'll give you, I'll pass out cards today called Barzillai Baptist Ministries. Now, you say, where'd that come from? The Bible. How many of y'all know who Barzillai was? Anybody want to tell me real quick? Not the preacher. Not the preacher. Anybody know who Barzillai was in the Bible? Didn't think you did. Most people don't. Second Samuel 19.32 says, Now, Barzillai was a very aged man even fourscore years old. So I'm only 11 years away from him. And he had provided the king of sustenance. The king was David. Remember when Absalom tried to take David's kingdom? And David wouldn't fight him, of course. Not because he was his son, by the way. If you study the Bible, it'll, it'll mess up some good preaching. He didn't leave Jerusalem because he was scared of fighting his son. He left Jerusalem. He said why he did. Because I know my son. He'll destroy Jerusalem. He'll kill innocent people. 
and it's not worth it to me. I'm going to let him have Jerusalem to keep it safe. So he had run around out here with a group of men and he got so tired and wore out and they were hungry. They were traveling around, running from the king and his men and everything. And he got tired. They got wore out. They came to Mahanaim. That's another little interesting story, okay? Hadn't got time to go into that. Mahanaim is where they came to. Barzillai was an 80-year-old man and he heard the king was coming and he said with some other men, we're going to get some stuff together for them. We're going to sustain them. That's what the word sustenance means. The root word is sustain. Okay? We're going to sustain King David and his men. And they gave them basins and pomegranates and figs. Now personally, if it was our day, my list wouldn't be pomegranates and figs. Mine would be pork chops and collard greens and deep fried chicken and scrambled eggs, about six of them. And, but they got pomegranates and figs and bread and they were satisfied with it. And it saved David. It saved his army. It saved his men. Now, now, how does that tie together with what God called me to do? Let me tell you what I do, okay? Last night, I called six pastors. I called three in Wyoming, two in Montana, and one in North Dakota. Why did I call them? It's Saturday night. When does the devil fight a preacher? Ask the pastor. Saturday night, Monday morning. I pastored 44 years. I know when it happens. So I call them on Saturday night, Brother Tate, and I encourage them, and I check on them, and I give them maybe a thought or two the Lord gave me. That was a good song you sang. I bet you can play Stop Loving Her Today like George Jones could. Almost played it for you. Well, I tell you what, after church you can play it, amen? <laughs> Put a wreath upon his door. He couldn't sing anyway to me, but I liked the songs. But anyway, um, I send books to him. I buy books. I bought 200 books last month. And I, tomorrow, tomorrow morning, the Lord willing, I get back tonight, I'll send out, Brother Tate, about eight sets of books to preachers. What does that do? It gives them something to read. It encourages them. I put a personal note in every book from Brother Ed Strickland. Not that I'm much, but I'm here if you need me. In Acts 16, I haven't got time to turn there. I'm covering a lot of time. I'm not preaching a Bible message. I'm just preaching what's on my heart, what God told me to buy. It's a Bible message, but you'll understand in a few minutes. Acts 16, remember, Paul was going to go to Asia. He said, we're going to Asia. Why was he going to Asia? If you study history, Asia was the largest continent in the world. It was the most thickly populated place in the world. So what did Paul want to do? Reach the most people, right? Are you with me? So he starts to go there and the Holy Spirit said, no, you can't go to Asia. Then he, you know, we're, we're all Jacobs inside. You, you understand? We, we all try to figure in our way around God's way sometimes. And that Paul said, well, we'll go to Bithynia. Well, where's Bithynia at? It's a back door to Asia. If he went to Bithynia, he'd have ended up in Asia. And the Lord said, no, you're not going there either. You're going to Macedonia. You say, well, why Macedonia? Well, Macedonia was only a third of the population of Asia. It was only a quarter, I mean, a half of the population of Bithynia and Mysia. Are you with me? Why didn't, why, why didn't God let him go to the bigger places there? Had a reason. Let's talk about Macedonia just briefly. What happened to Macedonia? That was his third missionary journey if you keep up with his missionary journeys. He went to a city called Philippi. 
Anybody that familiar? Philippi, Philippians, and the, the woman got saved, and the demon-possessed child got the teenage girl got saved, and the Philippian jailer got saved, and his household got saved, and they baptized them, and the gospel exploded all over Macedonia. And three churches were started out of that trip that we read books out of. Why did I bring that up, church? I could go to Miami, Florida where they're starting new churches. There's nine million people in four counties in South Florida. Nine million people. See, how much population is that? That's more than the population of Wyoming, Nebraska, Montana, South Dakota, North Dakota, Iowa, Arkansas, and Missouri. In that one, four counties. But the Lord said to me, what about the family in Casper, Wyoming? What about the family in Du Bois, Wyoming? There's only 600 people there. But do their souls count? Huh? Oh, they don't have big churches. A big church out there is 50 people. A big church. I'm, I'm being honest, it is. They'll call me excited on Sunday night. I got them reporting to me. Not, they, not reporting to me, but they give me reports of their Sundays and they'll be excited because 26 people was there and one got saved. I think they need it like everybody else does. Amen? That's how Barzelli Baptist Ministries was started. Now look in Luke 5 quickly. Now I'm trying to keep my time now. Luke 5 quickly. And it came to pass, verse 1, that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. This is talking about Jesus here. And he saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them, and they were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon, and prayed to him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, I, I, I just got to tell you the story real quick. Okay? Jesus... They're trying to hear him. Pressed on means there were a lot of people trying to get to him. Now, I'm from Jack- I was born inside Georgia, but I was raised in Jacksonville, Florida. Water everywhere. We don't have rivers in Georgia. The Savannah River is a good-sized river, but, but the rivers in Florida are like the St. John's River, okay? I mean, 200, 300 foot deep, okay? Half a mile wide, okay? That's what I was raised around. Fishing all of my life, Okay? Now, why did Jesus tell Peter, put me in your boat and thrust me out a little? Two reasons why. Number one, if you know anything about speaking to crowds, why are pulpits elevated? Why am I above you? It's not that I'm better than you. You project better. If I'm down here and I I end up everywhere. Now, by the way, some of you people in the back row, if you think you got away from preaching today, somebody heavily misled you. Because this preacher will come right back here. And he'll preach. Right here. She said she's for it. You want a three-point outline? Bones broken and big. I preach him alliterated outlines. Everybody's so crazy about it. Amen. None of the great men hunters a year. Oh, you shut up, Ed. That, that's a modern day thing more than the last 50 years. But I'll just preach. Anywhere. 
but he wanted to project it. Do you know something else about water carrying, a voice carrying on water? You ever been in a lake or a river and you say something and a guy's way off from you and he hears it good? I was giving a guy a hard time. He didn't know it and I didn't know he was hearing me. <laughs> he had moved into our sheep head hole. Me and my uncle was aggravating. I'd run in my mouth. He was a long ways away. All of a sudden he said, I hear you. <laughs> he don't know my redneck uncle. He said, that's good. You want to do something about it? Scroll on over here. I'll knock you in the head in the river, son. But your voice goes, I got to hurry. Okay, Jesus wanted to project his voice. But that wasn't why he went out there, Brother Tate. If you study closely, Brother Tate, and here's my point that I'm preaching. Then I'm going to tie together my ministry as quick as I can. He didn't get in the boat just to teach the people. He got in a boat because he had something bigger in store for Peter. Church, I, I don't have time to preach. It's a whole sermon. But when God's doing something in your life, and maybe you're saying, boy, this ain't much. Come on, Lord. You don't know what he has planned. You don't know that you're on the little end of something real big. And he's going to blow your socks off. Peter, he finally says to him, he's through preaching, launching the deep. Now, if you know anything about fishing, and we just go to St. John's River and sit in what they call a croaker hole, 250 foot deep of water, ships would come in out there. If you ever saw them out there, there's a, <coughs> there's a red buoy and a green buoy. Anybody know what that's for? You stay to the left of the red buoy and to the right of the green buoy. Why do you do that? Because the channel's there. It's 20 foot of fishing for sheep head on the edge is 20 foot, but in the channel is 200 feet. See, them big ships that come through are so big below the water, like the Titanic was. The Titanic hit the iceberg below the water. Ships are as big below the water. Do you know they're as big below the water as they are above the water? Did you know that? So they need a channel, they need depth of water. It's, they're so strong, church, that when they come by, my uncle will say, unhook the anchor out of the rocks. I'd say, why? He was a merchant marine. He said, unhook the anchor bow. Ship's in the middle. He said, unhook the anchor. And I'd pull the anchor. And when that ship went by, if you don't know this, it sucked the water to the channel. The water off the edge would just, if we'd have stayed there, we'd have been in the rocks. So Jesus said, launch out into the deep. What do you find in the deep, fish? Not little baby fish like we catch around here. Big fish. Huh? 200-pound sharks. 150-pound cobias. 500-pound groupers. That's in the deep water. Look at me, church. If you ever go into deep water with God... You'll do things that will blow your mind. But you stay playing around in the shallow water. My dad used to say when I was a boy, jump over your head, boy. Daddy, I'm playing. Get on the dock and jump over your head, head first. Then you're in. And the water's cooler if you didn't know that or not. Amen? You go down there, you go, wow, this feels good. In the deep. Jesus said, go out into the deep. What did Peter say? Peter was a professional fisherman, church. You know that, right? 
he fished for a living. And they'd go out at night, and they didn't fish with Zebco 33s like we do, or, or Zeb, you know, uh, I forgot all the names now. I got a bunch of them. They didn't fish like that. They fished with big nets, like commercial fishermen. And they'd throw the net out, and they'd pull it in, and they'd do that all night. And he said, Jesus, we've been out all night. We, had, we hadn't caught nothing. Remember that in Luke 5? I'm just telling you this. We ain't got to take time to exit Jesus and all that. I, that's not the important thing right now. He said, go out into the deep. And, and Paul, Peter said, he said, drop you in. Peter said, Lord. Now, I don't know about you, and it never says Peter said a word, but I know Ed Strickland. And it's amazing God hadn't zapped me dead a million times. Let me ask you a question real quick. Some of y'all won't be honest. There's an altar for you in a few minutes. How many of you ever argue with God? Get it up. Get it up. Altar for the others. So what do you mean argue with God? He tells you to do something. You kind of go, I don't know. Um, Lord, um, have you ever said this to God? I'm just being honest. I have. I'm honest. I've said to him, now wait a minute. You want me to do that. Okay, that's good. That's good. Okay. Now, my question is, do you know who I am? Do you know who you're telling that to? Do you know what I've got to work with? Very little. I mean, I'm not the sharpest knife in a drawer. My cheese is all over my cracker. I mean, come on. My peanut butter is dead. And you're wanting me to do that? The greatest things in my life, church, the greatest things in my life that God has done were things I didn't even know for sure would work if I did it. But by faith, I did it. Peter said, Lord, I know what I would have said. I'm sorry if you didn't. You're a better Christian than me. That ain't hard to be a better Christian than me. Well, you're a preacher. What's that got to do with it? I want to cuss at the red light the same you do. I don't. I shoot him a Christian bird. That's a Christian bird. I did that the other day. I went. <clears throat> and the guy had his window down and he goes. He just looked at me and I said. He said, what in the world was that? And I talked to people. I, I'm not making this up, folks. I talk at real life to everybody all the time. I rolled my window. I ended up witnessing to them pulling them in parking lots. We'd be sitting on a pretty and I'll say, hey, it's pretty, ain't it? Yeah. You know Jesus? What's it to you? I said, it's, it's a lot to him. I pulled in parking lots and led people to Christ, I promise you. And then I've been cussed out and shot birds at. But what does a bird do to you? But I said to him, that's just my way of saying, mm, you. If I close enough, I'd flick a booger on you. I mean, just grab up in there and get a four-pointer, son. One of them ones a snot hangs out, amen? I'm sorry, y'all. I'm a little crude. I'm from South Georgia. I'm from the land of the mobile homes, amen? I mean, come on, y'all. When you start in South Georgia, you get a single-wide trailer, and I'm not against trailers. I've lived in trailers. If you you get really pretty off, you get a double-wide trailer. In South Georgia, if you get a double-wide trailer and a covered walkway, driveway, and a front porch and back porch, you're there. That's it. 
Are you with me? I would have probably said, Brother Tate, now Lord, I do this for a living. Well, I knew that. Did you know I fished all night? Sure I did. Did you know I didn't catch anything? Well, sure I did. You know what Peter did? And here's the sermon real quick. Look at, look at verse number 5. Luke 5, verse 5. Here's the whole sermon. And then I'll tell a little bit about the ministry and then that's it. And Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we've toiled all tonight and we've taken nothing. Nevertheless, I preached a whole series one time on nevertheless is in the Bible. It's a wonderful story. There's like 16 times the word nevertheless is used. It's a wonderful story. He said, nevertheless, otherwise we would say, well, in spite of. That's what we would say. Nevertheless, at your word, I let down the net. I fished all night. I've caught nothing. I've never seen you fish, but I believe in you. I just heard you speak. I just heard your power. I just heard your anointing. So yes, drop the nets. And what happened? We won't even go through it because I want to finish just a few minutes. They caught so many fish, the nets break. And somebody probably said, is that my ringing in my ear? Is that a sound through? I've got tinnitus in my ear. That's why I sleep with a fan every night. Anybody else sleep with a fan? You put it wide open, you blow it on, you're away from you. Put it right on me. I went to the hotel the other day, I had to go to the store and buy me a sandwich. I want noise. If it's a ceiling fan that's broke, that's wonderful. Whoppa, 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 whoppa. I'm going, thank you, Lord. He said, and he caught the fish. Now here's, 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 here's how I'm going just real, real briefly here. Why am I doing what I'm doing? I'm 69 years old. I, I've not got a lot of retirement. I've got a partial retirement. Honestly, people, evangelism would have been the way to help people and get some money and make a living. But the Lord said, I know what I want you to do. You do know I'm 68, Lord. I started here. I said, Lord, I'm 68 with heart failure. Mentally, <laughs> mentally challenged. Technologically challenged. I had a smartphone for five years. Didn't know how to cut it off. My grandson said, you just top, take the top button and push it down. You think that's funny? So funny? You're enjoying that too much. Huh? Just because I'm old and don't understand technology, Red? You ain't no better than me. You hear me? Now you can find you a place right down here and say, Lord, help me from making fun of that old man. I love teenagers, by the way. I'm cutting the fool with him. He knows that. He's, he'll always remember me. One good thing about Ed Strickland, you might not like him, you might like him, but you won't ever forget him. I leave a lasting impression, some good and some bad. But you need to ask me like I asked Brother Brown one time, ask Ed Strickland how much it really matters. 
I hate to hurt your feelings. Well, I just don't like you. Well, wow, I'll just eat a popsicle. <laughs> or I'll get some ice cream and just eat one scoop. And if you really don't like me, I'll eat two. And if you hate me, I'll eat a half a gallon. Huh? And God said, here's a conversation I'm almost through. My conversation 14 months ago with him, sitting on my front porch in a rocking chair one night was, okay? And he gave me some perimeters, Brother Tate. He said, you won't take any money from anybody out west that you help. No expenses, no love offerings. And I kind of said, okay, just got one question. Just one. What's that? So how will we pay for this? He said, you'll preach, you'll present, you'll pray, and I'll pay your bills. Curtis Hudson said, where he leads me, I will follow. What he feeds me. I will swallow. And looking at me, I've swallowed a lot. (laughs) This here is a chicken graveyard. (laughs) My belt is a fence around a graveyard. I knew I was called to preach because I woke up one morning not wanting to go to work and craving fried chicken. (laughs) Somebody say amen. He won't admit that now. He's young, but he will one day. He'll say, you know, I woke up one morning not wanting to go to work and craving chicken and pork chop. Only way I could do that is pastor. Let me tell you something about Brother Tate and pastors in our church. It's the hardest day in America a man's ever pastored. When I started 45 years ago, I wasn't fighting what they're fighting. We didn't have the problems they're, they're facing every day. But anyway, the Lord said, I'll take care of you. That's why I'm here today. Why are you here? What can I do, Brother Ed? Number one, you can pray. I'm going to give you a prayer card. And I'm not just a missionary saying that. Don't take that lightly, please. Please pray for me. I need God. I need His touch. I need His leadership. See, I don't know which place to go to. I'm, I'm making my mission trips up out west for this year. I don't know for sure. I've got seven states I want to go to. Now, I can't go to all of them because I'm having to work a job to make a living. So I've got to go to two or three. I'll tell you what I've asked God to do, church. I've asked God to bring enough support in and offerings in that by the end of this year, I'll be able to go up there all I want to. And I'll be able to sit down with a young guy like Tate in Mexico or some New Mexico or Wyoming and spend a week or two with him. Would you like that? A man came in to just visit with you, knock on doors and talk to you and encourage you and pray with you. Wouldn't that encourage you? Especially if you, you were struggling to have 20 or 30 people and you're having to work a job 40, 50 hours. And, and that's all I want to do, church. That's all I want to do. Pray for me. Give money. Oh, my Lord, he's talking about money. Walmart talks about it. You still go back. Huh? You ever pull up at Burger King and they don't say $14.27? How do you know that? Because I made a double whopper and a fry and a Coke for 40 years. It's $14.26. Unless you're in Wyoming, it's $17. If you're at the airport, it's $100. Man, I had a Chick-fil-A sandwich the other day in the Denver airport. It was $9. I said, it's only. No, it was 11 I said, 
Inflation? He said airportation. <laughs> Are you with me, church? Pray for me. Number two, give. Give today, give tomorrow, give next week. I, I, I hope Brother Tate and the church prays about supporting me. My biggest burden right now is getting enough money coming in that I can do what God called me to do. I'm making money with a business, but I care nothing about it, church. I've never cared about making money. I made that decision 46 years ago. I want to help people and get churches helped and plant churches. We're starting six new churches this year. I'm going to try to be at all six of their first days. That's going to depend upon finances and situations working out the next six or eight months. But you can pray, you can give. Hey, there's some people, you pray about it, you take this card and pray about it. You can, you can support me individually. I, don't, I know Brother Tate don't mind me saying that. I mean, I've got folks just sending money when the Lord touches their heart. It all goes in one count, discount. It all goes to help my ministry. Amen? Now, my challenge to you as a church, and I'm through. I've only preached 35 minutes. I kept up with it. I started at 20 minutes to 12. That's not bad for me, trust me. That's an improvement over 20 years ago. I didn't preach by a watch. I preached by calendars years ago. Half the church would be gone, but I didn't care. I was still preaching. Amen. One visitor walked in and said, Does he ever shut up? And Usher said, When he wants to. <laughs> Amen. How about the church? How about South Haven Baptist Church? What's God telling you to do? Number one, you back the man of God. Let me say that louder. I didn't get enough amens. You back the man of God. Let me say it one more time. You back the man of God. And you've got a great young man of God that loves God, that loves you, that loves the Lord. I heard the singing. I saw the fire. Man, his little old speak, preach sermon right here before the offering. We might can give an invitation. Amen. Most preachers come say, well, we're going to take an offering up today. If you ain't got the money, that's fine. If you do, that's fine. He gets up here and just preaches. Maybe you want to give an extra $20. And they sing music, man. They just, it even makes your foot tap. Oh, yeah. I never shall. I mean, I listen. I had a problem with rock music for a long time. I mean, I sneak around in Bible car listening to CCR. I'm being honest. I mean, you know, you ever notice that you can't remember the second verse of Blessed Assurance, but I can sing every Creedence Clearwater song by heart? And when they play it in the restaurant, I'm going down on the corner. Ooh! Out in the street, who's and the poor man for? I don't know the second verse of Blessed Assurance. I got a wicked mind. He remembers that stuff. Jeremiah was a bullfrog, was a good friend of mine. I'm sorry, I got a wicked mind. You do too, by the way. Only a renewed mind or a transformed mind can change that stuff but it didn't transfer CCR out of my head. <laughs> What's the Lord telling you to do? What if the pastor wants you? How many tracks you say y'all passed down? Man, I love that. 
I was at a church the other day in Montana, Brother Great Falls, Montana, only six years old. And they set a goal last year to pass out 10,000 tracks. They passed out 16,500 tracks. You got a pastor wanting you to pass out tracks. So I don't like to, but who cares? I was raised by a daddy that was a sergeant in the army in the Korean War. You know what he cared about what I thought? Can somebody say amen? You think there was very many discussions? Oh, I talked back to my daddy. I'm still living, ain't I? He told me one time, I was 14 years old, he said, if you ever do that again, I'll put you in the body bag. He wasn't serious. You don't know my daddy. But hey, back to the pastor. If his church steps out into deep waters and, and tries some great things for God, okay, go with it. Well, I'm not comfortable. It don't matter. You've got to come out of your comfort zone. I'm out of my church, and I promise I'm shutting up. I don't like doing what I'm doing. Okay, that's terrible. That's wrong. Let's re-say it. I'm a pastor at heart. I like to preach to one church for 43 years. I like to invest in men like this that drove me over there because I ain't got a car because I gave it away. So they brought me over here today. Amen? I don't like going to different churches every Sunday. I mean, just be, I'm being honest by the day. I like to be doing what you're doing. I did it 43 years. But the Lord said, this is what you're going to do. And I'm going to help you and use you and bless you. We've had 14 months ago when the Lord's allowed us to raise over $40,000. We put roofs on churches handicapped rats. We've paid for youth camps, food for the summer. We've got shuttle buses to churches. I couldn't tell you what all God's done. What's he telling you to do? Just launch out. Get out in the deep water. Peter, launch out in the deep. Drop your net, Peter. Everybody stand, every head bowed, every eye. I'll give just a brief invitation to pray. You, you finish, Pastor. Whatever head bowed and every eye closed, before we, the pastor is going to close that, I believe in the pastor being the closer. That's what God called him to do and be, not me. I was 43 years. I'm not anymore. I'm just a vagabond that bounces around. How many of you would just raise your... I tell you, let's do it. Some folks have already came to the altar. Let's do this. The ones of you that will come to the altar. And here's what you come for, Lord. What do you want me to do? What do you have for me? How can I step out of my comfort zone like Peter stepped out of his? I want your blessings. Let's come to the altar with every head bowed, every eye closed. Or if you can't come to the altar, bow where you are and pray. I tell you something I'm worried about preaching. You probably are too. When I started pastoring years ago, everybody went to the altar. Now nobody does hurt me. I know some of you can't physically. I understand that I can't myself. But right now where you are, just say, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to give? What, what, what do you want me to do by faith? There's some things South Haven Baptist Church needs. There's some things my pastor needs. There's some things Brother Strickland needs. What do you want me? What do you want me to do? What do you want my hand to be in it? 
Dear Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we 